iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. Hi, this is Joe Satriani. And this is Michael Anthony. With Chad Smith. Hey guys, don't forget, we got Sammy on the cell from the airport. This is Sammy Hagar! <laughs> <laughs> and we're Chickenfoot! Listening to our live Celebrity Playlist Podcast. The first song that I'm going to be letting these lovely listeners know about is a song called Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. I am a drummer, actually, by trade. When I was a young boy learning how to play the drums, it's a very simple but very powerful and musical drum beat that starts this off and has a cool drum break in it from the one, if not the most recorded musician of all time, Hal Blaine. Or if you're listening in Japan, Hair Brain. And I love this song. First time that I saw you, girl, I knew that I just had to make you mine. But it's so hard to talk to you with fellas hanging around you all the time. I want you for my sweet pet, but you keep playing hard to get. I'm going around in circles all the time. Boy, this is a tough one. Okay, Kings of Leon, great band. Just listen to the guitar arrangements, and I love the way that they just take some simple progressions and they parse them out, and they just sound great. So this one song, Be Somebody, is a fantastic example of some chords we've used before, but never like that, and never made those arrangements like that, and great lyric idea. Just the whole thing is really cool. Given a chance Okay, I have a song. I'm going to get a little heavier, a little heavier on you here. Uh, the song by Led Zeppelin, by the way, being one of my favorite bands growing up and one of the most underrated bass players of the time, John Paul Jones, one of the bass players that I tried to fashion a lot of stuff and emulate. Just a great bass player, and the reason that I chose this song is the Lemon Song. It's got this great bass line in the center of the song, in the middle of the song, where it's a break, he, but breakdown. Mike, what's he talking about? What's he so talking, talking about? about free he's, selection uh, at the market? He's, he's talking about a yep. citrus. How, to, how citrus. to figure out if the Plenty lemon of... is actually ripe by the squeezing of the lemon. And uh -huh. if you squeeze it hard, the juice will... Yeah, juice will flow. Juices will get the juices flowing. It's crazy what people write songs about, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. But yes. go ahead. I... But but anyway, uh, all fruit aside, the breakdown center section with the with the bass line, I still listen to that today, and I still get off on that just as much as I did the first time I heard it. John Paul Jones being a great bass player, very bluesy without and and stepping out but not being too overly playing, and uh, I just thought it was just a great, well-rounded bass player. This 
it's like, you know, we've all had so many different influences in our life when you've been around as long as I have. You've kind of been through all these different generations. And the one point in my life when I went to see Jeff Beck with Rod Stewart at the Fillmore in San Francisco, and it was a truth record. I was a fan of Jeff Beck's, and I really didn't know who Rod Stewart was at the time. And when I heard him sing a Jeff Beck play, it made me, who I, I played guitar, but every band I was in, I always they always wanted me to be the singer. You know, it'd always be like, well, who's going to sing? Well, Sammy can sing. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm stuck as a singer. And then, you know, you know, it used to irritate me because I wanted to be the lead guitarist. But when I saw Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart together, I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to fold these two together. I want to sing like Rod Stewart, and I want to play like Jeff Beck. And it set me on my mission. I mean, you know, from that point on, I became a guitar player singer, you know, and, which was different than just being the singer or just the guitarist. So I'm going to play a song, well, Ain't Superstitious, that I say I learned this song, and I played it, lead on it, and I sang it at the same time with the bass player and the drummer. It was my first trio. I think we were called Skinny. next number is a song called Honey by Bobby Goldsboro. And when I was growing up in Detroit, Michigan, my mother, we had this big old wooden record player that was in the living room. We didn't go into the living room very much. You know, it was like the room that you really didn't go into unless the, we had guests or, you know, something special was happening. You know, it was that room that, you know, you had to rake the carpet when you left. So we would go in there and listen to records. And on Sunday, and we would listen to them. And my dad was a big country fan. And so he had this Bobby Goldsboro album, and we would, you know, be force-fed this music that our parents liked that we just really hated because it was not, that's not the music you wanted to listen to. And there was this one song called Honey by Bobby Goldsboro, and every time my dad played it, this guy's wife dying, my mother would cry every time. And I always liked to see my mom cry. I came home unexpectedly and caught her crying needlessly in the middle of the day. And it was in the early spring when flowers bloom and robins sing, she went away. And honey, I miss you. And I'm being good. I'd love to be with you. The greatest banjo player to walk the earth these days is a guy named Bela Fleck. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Oh, Bela Fleck. He, he, he's Fleck just this amazing musician. He can play any kind of music on the thing, and he's got this record out. Now, I think it's been out for a couple of months, but he just made me aware of it. It's called Throw Down Your Heart. It's uh, recorded in Africa, and it's amazing music, and the voices and, of course, the rhythms, they're just captivating. You put it on, and, and it just takes you somewhere. So uh, the record, Throw Down Your Heart, Bela Fleck, and this is, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it looks like it says Bura Balal or Baribalal. I don't Anybody know how to... Nobody knows. I'm getting hmm. nothing from anybody. Uh, no, no. So no that's help. how you no say it. No help from the peanut gallery out here. How you say Sorry, Mr. Fleck, but that's how I'm going to say it. This is a great, a great track. And he, there's a movie. Apparently, 
he's sending me a movie that, that won a bunch of awards documenting the recording of this project. Full-length wow. album. It's great Award stuff. Award-winning. Award-winning. Well, there you go, kid. You can't you turn go. that one down. Bela Fleck. Barubalal. first introductions to rock and roll was from my sister my oh, older sister yes yes who used to hang out with everybody from all these bands that probably nobody would even know so i'm not even going to mention any of them well, but well you know uh, bands like arthur lee and love uh blue cheer lee michaels i mean that's kind of like when i was introduced to music to uh to, to rock music so to speak but i remember one of the first singles that she brought home and my father just went absolutely nuts when she put this <laughs> on the uh the hi-fi i think she played it once and that was it was a a, a band called the seeds and a song was called pushing too hard all i remember is i love the song because it has such a nasty <clears throat> attitude with the vocals the way he was singing it so rebellious and you know and and my dad went absolutely ballistic but i love the song because it just had it just had a, a meanness and a and a, and a anti everything about the lyric and just the way he sang it Van Morrison was my first big influence as a songwriter. Into yeah, the Mystic was one of the first songs I tried to write a song like that, and I don't think I ever have, but... Um, so uh, here's Van Morrison's Into the Mystic, which influenced me as a songwriter. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one as we sail into the mystic. Oh, I can now hear the sailors cry. Smell the sea and feel the sky. A song called Last Kiss by Frank J. Wilson. When I was growing up, Detroit. There was a radio station called CKLW, the Motor City. And I uh, used to broadcast from Windsor, of all things. I don't know why they lied and false advertised that they said they were the Motor City when they were broadcasting from Canada. Hey. Hey, but that's the way those Canadians go. Hey. Hey, open the boot. Hey, holes off. And so at night, 
My mother would come in and say, turn off the radio, Chad, it's time to go to bed. I'd turn the radio back on, I'd listen to it like, you know, all night and go to sleep. And I remember it was one song coming on called Last Kiss, covered by Pearl Jam not too long ago. This original version is uh, one of the saddest, like, relationship songs, really. I just remember hearing it. It just says a really, it's just really, really sad. It's another sad one. I couldn't stop, so I swerved to the right. Never forget the sound that night. The crying tires, the busting glass, the painful scream that I heard last. Well, where, oh, where can my baby be? The Lord took her away from me. She's gone to heaven, so I got to be good, so I can see my baby. Let's talk about Davey Knowles. Well, He's on tour with us right now. Davey Knowles, yes. Davey Knowles, that guy's good. He's Quite good. an accomplished young guitar player. Yes, yes. he is. And you know, he the first time good. we saw him, he was playing solo acoustic. We, with, it was, with, uh, with we went to- a gentleman called- Mr. Jeff Mr. Beck. Mr. Jeff Beck. And we went to see a show at the, the newly refurbished Fox in Oakland. And uh, it's a beautiful night, and there we are standing on the side of the stage, and I'm, I'm looking, and I'm thinking, I've seen this guy, you know, play like Stevie Ray Vaughan on YouTube, but I've never seen him play acoustic. And then I walked around the whole theater, and I watched the whole show, and I just couldn't believe how good he was. And, and he still could get all that emotion and power out on the acoustic guitar. And plus, he's got to be nervous. He's opening up for Jeff Beck, right? Anyway, so he's got a, a record out. No, coming D. up for Did air. Coming up for air. Coming up for air. But there is a track on there where it's just him playing the dobro and singing. It reminds me a lot of that first night, just, you know, those first impressions you get. Well, and when he opened up for us on the little club run we That's did right. in May, he yeah. just, he did, he did solo. Anyway, the song from Davey Knowles, played on a dobro, uh, Saving Myself. It's a great track if you want to know Davey Knowles, the intimate side of Davey. Never change with the morning light Just nothing we both be alone Ever taking that other if I'd taken the other road home But I listened to that silent voice Stopping me cold like I had no choice Doing what I could with someone else Didn't know I was saving myself Didn't know I was saving myself Let's go back on the, the rock a little band that I'm sure we were all familiar with growing up, uh, a little band called The Who. Oh, in, uh, from Shepherd's Bush, England. Shepherd's Bush, England. But they, uh, there was one album in particular early on, the Live at Leeds, which I just thought was probably one of the greatest live records of all time. I agree. You know, right I next agree. to bands like, well, Humble Pie Rock and the Fillmore was another one, or yeah. if you were a little more pop-oriented by, you know, more of the Peter Frampton comes alive. But uh, I remember the first time I heard this song, Young Man Blues, and I just thought, besides the fact that back then, I thought Roger Daltrey just had one of the greatest rock voices around, you know, swinging a microphone and just, you know, bare-chested. And it was, to me, it was just a great three-man jam in the middle of it and they just kind of go off and and just and keep jamming and then coming right back into it and that always made me want to just play in a band where there was a guitar bass and a drummer because the communication that's there you don't have to have anything planned out you know eight bars and then we make this change or whatever and uh, you could just be a lot more free with this where you went and uh, you know you're playing live especially well you know in the old days when a young man was a strong man All the people 
They stepped back when a young man walked by. So here's, you know, Sammy Hagar. Now he's got, you know, he's on tour. I got my own band. Been, been, I've been fired from Montrose already, and I'm out there solo, starting to do good, playing in arenas, going like 24-7. I come, the day I come home from tour, I go straight in the studio, make a record. The day it was finished, I go right back out on tour for, you know, for about five years. And, you know, your guitar chops, they stay up when you're doing that, right? You're playing, writing all the time, all the time. So, you know, I figured all my woodshedding was done in the early days, in my younger days, and now I'm just learning on stage and pushing the envelope and playing and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden one day I hear this next song, Eddie Van Halen comes out with Eruption, and you had to go back at that stage, I had to really rethink playing guitar, and I went go back in the woodshed, you know. And then, you know, it was really a tough decision for me because a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon and doing the hammer-ons and all that stuff, you know, the, the two-handed uh, approach. And uh, I didn't ever do that, but it really made me start trying to play a little better. And I think Eddie had that influence on practically every guitar player in that day. Anything, any guitar player that came before him and that came after for the next 10 years had that to deal with. This was the first 45 that I ever had that I owned when I was seven years old. It's a song called Groovy Grubworm by Harvey Wilcox and the Okies. It's a very, you know, simple blues progression instrumental song, except about the minute 42 of the two minute and seven song, it stops and has a little drum break. And the guy goes, I'm a grubworm. And I thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard. So I used to always slow it down, speed it up. But it had this little drum break in it. I don't know. I just really identified with the song. And I played it over and over and over and over and over and drove my brother crazy. Test of this joke. Can I get a witness? Yes. About Jimi Hendrix, the greatest guitar player ever. Can I get a witness? Ever. Yes. The yes. Jimi Hendrix. Besides being, you know, coolest, the innovator, the the coolest, coolest musician of all time, I think. Great black light posters. Great ultraviolet posters. But anyway, so almost any, almost yeah, died. <laughs> almost anything, <laughs> almost any, oh, yeah. almost anything you play from Jimmy is is cool. And I picked Crosstown Traffic only because it's a cool song. It's just one of the the many cool things that Jimmy did.
this little band called the Black Keys comes along and someone sends me that CD. I was so blown away by it called Joe Satyanip immediately because we were writing for Chickenfoot at that time. And I said, you got to hear this stuff. It inspired me to forget about being this big time musician and having all this pressure. Oh my God, you know, I've written 350 songs like, oh, I can't ever do that again. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I, you know, and you paint yourself into this corner that, you know, I felt like I was drying up. As soon as I heard the Black Keys, it opened everything back up for me because I realized these are these young guys that are listening to the same kind of music I was listening to when I was their age, you know, when I was first starting out, that obviously these guys have been influenced by. And they, they're just starting from there. And it was so inspiring to me to hear someone doing that same thing fresh. And because for me it was old, but they made it sound fresh to me. It really re-inspired me as a writer and as a singer. And it allowed me to sing the way I sing and, and, and write the lyrics and stuff that I wrote on this Chickenfoot record. I just felt comfortable with going back to my roots. It was really cool. I thank these guys so much for that. And uh, I remember when I played it for you, Joe, and you're going, you're going like, Wow, it's like, it's so basic, but raw and just like, but real. It had so, soul, you know, it was really cool. So uh, they really re-inspired me. Thank you for that. And uh, here's a song, one of the, my favorite ones. And I, I, as soon as Chad said, I got mine after we, we did one take on Soap on a Rope and Chad was doing a drum solo through the whole thing. He, after one, he got, I got mine on that one, threw sticks down. And I started saying, I got mine in every song. Practically every song in this album's got either, oh yeah, or I got mine in it somewhere. Uh, this is by the Black Keys. I got mine. I love this song. by the shocking blue oh chad you pulled that one out of the hat so i have it was this blue 45 you know the thing and hence the name of the band i don't know that's some marketing genius there shocking blue it was blue but on the back it had a picture of the band and and it was three guys and the girl and, and i was you know 12 with my raging hormones and i used to put the record on and, and I'd look at the picture and the girl, they were leaning over a balcony. be a double and intertwined because of the names Beck and Beck. Beck. It'll be a Beck and Beck. So we've got Nobody's Fault But My Own from Beck. I do love that song. It's just a song I always have to listen to every once in a while. And then Where Were You from Jeff Beck. We were at the Hyde Street Studios working on an album and being the Beck fanatic that I am, I rushed and I said, we got to play this CD right away and stick it on the beautiful speakers because you're in the studio that's the best place ever to listen to music and after the project's done you're relegated to listening you know in the real world 
So, yeah, and when that song comes on, the guitar playing on that is, you know, it's out of this world. No one does it quite like that. It's completely original, and the melody is so totally captivating. Somehow, he's flashy, but it's never trite. It's always heavy. M melodic content, the musical value of what he plays is great, and he pulls it off totally. It's such a selfish way to lose the way these wasted blues, these wasted blues Tell me that it's nobody's fault, nobody's fault But my own Chickenfoot's top 15 celebrity playlists right. Podcast right here in your face, in your ears. iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast.